That Album Podcast. Album-oriented rock format. International music coverage of rock. High props played in local music scenes. The street-level opinion of music you should hear. We all need some real rock and roll in our lives. That Album is the independent Canadian broadcast bringing the best of unsung, underground, independent rock to you. Enjoy. Hey y'all, I'm Shay and I'm here with Charlie Aiken of RH2. This is That Album Podcast, Bang a Rock and Roll today, and we are chatting with Brendan Rice from the North Carolina rock band Tracksuit. We're going to chat up about the new full-length release, Hidden Worlds, starting the show with Area 51. Enjoy!
Hey, today we have Brendan Rice. Brendan Rice is from an incredible kicking rock band tracksuit. Uh, uh, and uh, we're talking about Hidden Worlds. Uh, the Hello. new album, 10 track album that came out. Uh, welcome, Brendan. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. the uh, support. Yeah, welcome, Brandon. Good to meet you. Good yeah. to meet you as well. I forgot to Matt. I forgot to introduce you, Charlie. And we have Charlie Aiken from RH2. Okay, oh, cool. That he could join us. So uh, it was amazing. No, uh, your support is just well deserved. Our support is well deserved. We just listened to Area 51, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you sort of captured the myth around uh, that facility in Nevada, you know, <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, actually, we're Charlie and I don't know if we grabbed it on the pre-chat. We were talking about one of my best friends and he's an experiencer with Star Nations and that. And he's actually visited Area 51. So I know a lot about that, but tell well, us a bit. Not, about it's, it's actually not, a, it's not literal. It's not about Area 51. It's actually about grief. And the, then the analogy is that it's like you've been abducted by aliens, like that, that first moments of grief when you learn someone that you've loved has passed and oh, how, cool. it's, how it's, it doesn't make any sense. And it kind of turns your world upside down like you've been abducted by aliens. So that's yes. why it's named there. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty Actually, cool. And I, would, I was way off with the track, wasn't I? <laughs> but that's good i try to make things ambiguous so that they can you know be applied to multiple situations and they're not yeah you know, not one thing uh, you're not too far off uh shay because there's still an alien involved so oh sure <laughs> what charlie i said you're not too far off there's still an alien involved he said oh okay yeah <laughs> that's true that's true i guess it's my head space you know because kevin's an experiencer and um has a lot of stuff but we're here to talk about tracksuits so <laughs> we're not going to go into it so tell us a bit about the band brendan uh okay uh so we are a three-piece band out of chapel hill north carolina and uh we formed i guess probably around 2017 18 um i was doing solo stuff and i was playing a music festival and i needed a backup band for it and i was playing um at the cat's cradle for the festival and it's kind of a big room so playing solo wasn't going to really fly for that that show so i called up some old friends that i'd been in uh, previous bands with and played previously um, my own solo stuff with um and then at that time, it was a five piece. It was um, Tyler and Marcus who are in the band now. And then it was also two of my other friends um, uh, had rounded out the, the band to help with harmonies and piano and a second guitar. So after that show, we just had a lot of fun practicing for the show. And the other two ladies that were helping us out were involved in other projects. So they we you know couldn't stay on. But the, the three of us, uh, Tyler, Marcus and I decided to just keep playing. Um, and then we started to write new material when we were started to just kind of play together. And um, at first it was just really an outlet to just get together. And then we started to compile some songs and then we decided to make our first record, um, which was called Shadow Box, which we put out in 2018. 
and um that was more like kind of our first collection of songs and it's i think it's seven songs on that record or eight songs it's not necessarily a full record it's kind of in between a, an ep and a, and a lp but um and then we started playing shows and, and doing all that and then then the pandemic hit um and then started to write the songs that became hidden worlds but that's kind of a different story but anyway the band itself is a is a lot of fun we kind of don't really have one style i mean i guess you know you would say we're a rock band for sure um but we play a lot of different styles of rock i suppose so some stuff we can play like really quiet stuff to really loud kind of garage rock stuff to classic rock stuff to kind of indie rock um weird stuff and um you know noisy stuff pretty stuff so we we kind of try to not stay in one lane i guess try to do a little bit of everything but hopefully sound like ourselves while we're doing all the different different um, styles yeah well that's why yeah, you guys definitely it. have a, a sound to yourself like you know i listen to all your songs and your videos and you definitely i, I hear you with your lane uh, analogy but you actually are identifiable is what i mean by that with your sound well thank you that's hopefully the the what we're trying to do is trying to have our own sound but not just be like you know the garage rock band but also you know be able to do the the ballad or the kind of fusion weird acid jazz song you know with stacks on it or whatever you know yeah it sounds like when i was listening to your stuff that's kind of what uh, i kind of picked up is you've got a definite unique sound to you guys i appreciate it thank you yeah definitely and uh um i i didn't send it to charlie <laughs> So I know without me that the, you take your you inspiration from very diverse uh, from Clash and also Neil Young. Oh yeah, and yeah. Neil's a big, big fan of Neil Young. So what, like, if you could put a playlist together, what what mm -hmm. artists what artists influence the band? Uh, I would. It's all over the place, really. I mean, me personally. I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts on Cape Cod and uh, there wasn't a lot of independent radio there or really any kind of music scene. It's a really seasonal place and, you know, you'd have bar bands and stuff like that, but there weren't really music clubs and you'd have to go to like Boston, which was a couple hours away for that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so growing up, I just didn't really get exposed to a lot of stuff. It was really commercial radio and um, my older brothers and sisters who let's be honest, they had terrible taste in music. <laughs> it was like a lot of air supply records and bread and stuff like that, which is fine. Oh but, my God. Um, you know, it wasn't really up my alley. Probably the stuff that I got from them is like, you know, Billy Joel and Steve Miller band and Journey and stuff like that. But then in high school, my best friend, who's still my best friend today, he gave me uh, a copy. It was during that era in the nineties where like, they were just putting out greatest hits records like every band even if they were still an active band was still putting out greatest hits records and it was uh tom petty's greatest hits and then creedence uh ccr's greatest hits oh my and God. i just like i just played them over and over and over and over and over and i really fell in love with just the songwriting of those two bands and i think that that's probably still a meat and potatoes approach to songwriting but then got into other stuff, you know, and, um, you know, I was right in the era of grunge. So like Pearl Jam, Nirvana and Soundgarden, all that stuff mm -hmm. was in there. And then um, I listened to a lot of female singer songwriters too, in like that era. So like 
I listened to a lot of like Tori Amos and Ani DeFranco and the quieter stuff too. And then, I don't know, I would say now my biggest influences that have kind of held over the years is probably like Radiohead, um, Morphine, uh, Neil Young, Miles Davis, Built to Spill. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm all over the I place. See, see the band, that. the Beatles, uh-huh. David Bowie. If I'm pretty, pretty, if I put on music, I'd say 25% of the time I'm putting on an old, a David Bowie record. Uh, wow. I don't know. Anyway, I'm all over the place. Huh. I don't think that's unnormal, to be honest. Uh, I've got a fairly good record collection still. And uh, I got, I've got the same diversity. I think that's what makes musicians, to be honest, is because we have this ability to listen to stuff and go, oh, I like that. I like that sound, you know, and it may sure. or may not influence us. It's, it's about appreciation of music in general. Absolutely. Yeah, I no, like I the think, way you say that, Charlie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just so many different types of music. And I think that there's just, I mean, I can usually find, unless it's just kind of like a money grab commercial stuff where it's just really super formulaic. I can pretty much find something in any music, you know, from the Carpenters to, uh, I don't know, to the Carpenters, the, the Outcast. You know what I mean? Oh or, my God. Like, they had a couple of good songs, the Carpenters. Yeah, I know, but it took me back Close to you. It took me back. I, I had a friend that every single time I visited, she played. I only just begun, and I got to the point that I hated the song so much. It was like I said to her, "Do not listen to good music." But even though I absolutely love them, and I love, I, I, I absolutely love. I mean, you got to watch some, some, look up some YouTube videos of Karen Carpenter drumming. She was. Oh yeah, I was about to say that. She could drum. Yeah, she could drum. But anyway, like, I mean, I love everything, you know, like the roots and outcast and, you know, hip hop with live bands is like my thing, too. So I don't know. I can find a lot in everything because, I, you know, just like all art, I think you kind of, you know, whether it's movies or books or any of that, it's it's informing your own art and you're taking little pieces from every everything and then you kind of put it together in your own puzzle. It's a different picture, you know. Cool. I agree. Yeah, there is, I think, uh, a real, uh, what is it, what I'm looking for, you know, not adversity, diversity, that's the word, you know, when mm-hmm. you see, based on what you're saying with all these different bands and everything they're coming from, which I can kind of see in your music, to be honest with you, who you have a lot of diversity in your music, too, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, now. yeah definitely. Definitely. And I started out as like a classic violinist. I started playing violin when I was like five. So like I come from a classical world and then I kind of oh, taught wow. myself how to play guitar in high school and then then kind of picked a bass. And now I can play, I don't know, probably like six or seven instruments. So a lot of the stuff that for me is just exploration. You know, it's not about being a virtuoso on anything, but just being able to play things competently enough that you can, you know, use them as a part of the palette ah doesn't surprise me because i think violin players are the most talented people on planet earth so kudos to you <laughs> well thank you charlie i play the viola oh there you oh, go yeah. <laughs> As a, no, I, I actually do but that, that i was just teasing charlie so how do you approach your songwriting can you tell charlie charlie and i about that um I think it's different I think when I was younger I used to think like songwriting was being able to sit down with an acoustic guitar and 
you know, play the whole thing and, you know, sing the whole thing on an acoustic guitar. And I think uh, for a long time that limited my approach to writing. And then I kind of realized, oh, you know, you can have a guitarless song where it's keyboard and a, and a drum or, or a bass, you know, rhythm is, you know, the, the foundation of the song. So you're really building off a rhythm and it's not just all guitar based, but I'd say a lot of my earlier stuff became that. So it was just kind of like a guitar song. And then how can I build on top of that? And then this last record, I approached things a lot differently and it was more really the pandemic. Probably I, I have two young children and at the, height of the pandemic when we were in lockdown mode they were um oof, they were four and six at the time no yes four and six at the time and uh it was this house it was crazy <laughs> and i had this little workshop uh music studio that i built in the back of my property and i would go out there to kind of escape at night um after they were in bed and just play you know, and I just started to record all these instrumentals and oh, I wow. just, I would just lay down a drum beat or I'd lay down a piano part or I'd lay down a chord progression or I'd lay down a bass line. And then I would just build from whatever I was fooling around on. And then I was started to get into kind of programming loops, beats and stuff like that. And I would just build these instrumentals just for fun and just to kind of escape because you couldn't do anything. You couldn't go anywhere. So it was like escape from my mind kind of thing. And then it got to the point where I started to accumulate like 30 or 40 of them. And they were crazy. Like some of them were like, are you on acid? <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. And some of them were really pretty and orchestral and some of them were cinematic and some of them were like rocking. And, and anyway, I just kind of sifted through them and I, and I decided like, okay, I picked like the 10 strongest ones that I thought could translate to a tracksuit record. And and or I guess actually we had a couple. That's not true. We had a couple of songs that we already had written. So maybe like seven or eight songs I, I picked out um, that we could build into tracksuit songs. But they were just instrumentals. And then I worked on them and I just I'd never written that way where I already had like the confines of the song done. So I it wasn't open ended like I had to make that verse work. I had to make that chorus work. I had to. You know, and it was everything was already done. So vocally, I approached things completely differently where I wrote after the song was pretty much written and I didn't have a choice to like, oh, I really like if I do the vocal this way, I couldn't go back and change the music. So I'd have to change the vocal to fit the music. And then um, anyway, I ended up demoing out those songs and played them for the band and they really liked them. And then we decided to then get with um, a producer uh, and a good friend of mine, Nick Peterson, who owns track and field studios in um, the Triangle area in North Carolina. And he can set up like a mobile studio and we rented out this old, uh, it's like, it was like an old like VH hall, VFW hall, but it wasn't, it was more random than that, <laughs> but it was kind of like the shining inside <laughs> and it had, wow. hadn't been in use for like 10, 15 years. And it was, it was, but it was this huge open hall that was perfect for recording and had really good reverb, natural reverb in the room. So we went in and we took all those instrumentals that I had and we replaced them with live drum and bass. So then they would play 
to with headphones to my instrumentals and then he would use the loop that i built as like a click track and then do live drums so he could do transition rolls and stuff like that and then the bass player would you know kind of do a take on the bass line that i had i had done previously but his own his own approach and then um then i took all those back and then finished the record and did all the overdubs myself in my workshop and did all the other played all the other parts myself Wow, what a process! What do you think about yeah, that, Charlie? Very cool. Now you're the. the, the it when took you talk forever. Studio, I bet it took forever. When you talk about your studio, the video I watched, I think it was the Area Fifty One video. You're in a, a room with some bricks and a bunch of music equipment and this cool set of light systems everywhere. Is that your studio by any chance? That's not actually. That's my drummer's uh, practice space in uh -huh. his house. Very and probably, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. But yeah, I have a place that's it's similar to that though. It's it's about that size. So did yeah, you guys did practice at the drummers at the drummers place. That's where you practice uh, in that room where that video was. No, I just wanted to film the video there because of the brick. I thought it looked cooler. It does. <laughs> it's for, a, it's for a that's why. Video. Yeah, it is. It's a very cool room. Like uh, yeah, yeah very cool. Thought, lots lots going on in it. You know, like decor stuff. Like you know, like speakers sitting up. But it looks like a fireplace or something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Who produced the video? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did all, wow. that, all, all those shots. And then uh, we shot it together. And then I edited it on some software at my house. And I tried to put like a green tinge on it. So like play up the Area 51 thing. The, uh, you know. But so anyway, it wasn't yeah. that far off. No, no. <laughs> I definitely tried to like reference that. But the song is just not about that. I don't like being wrong sometimes. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. So we're going to hit and listen to Ghost of Rome right now, and we'll come back and talk a bit more. All right.
I really love this song. Actually, that's the song that I found you. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Absolutely yeah, well done. love it. Thanks. Yeah, this is kind of like our 70s rock song, you know, and like kind of like the Clash, Neil yeah. Young esque, yeah, and it's kind of political. I, I started to wrote the lyrics after like around that the Kavanaugh hearings for our Supreme Court down here. I don't know if you guys have been following much American politics, but it's it's a bit of a mess south of the border. Yeah, I follow <laughs> from, it. from you. I follow it, but I'm not gonna talk political. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to stay on the air. I want to stay on the air. Um, yeah, I, but, but yeah, but you really, uh, the album itself is very political rock. Yeah, there's there's definitely some political themes on it and some, you know, social, I, I'd say more socio-political because it's really more yeah. commenting on like the, the present space our society is in and Whew. how it could be better yeah well i can tell you i've listened to the whole album again today for the second time um i i i, I love goes to rome give it up love the heavy intro i love it american Thank junkie you. i loved see a doubt oh my god it did an energy shift change vibe with me yeah. <laughs> i absolutely love yeah, that's absolutely love that's one of the songs uh, that we actually recorded live as a band. And uh, we already had that song before we went in, but we didn't know the arrangement necessarily. Yeah. But I, uh, my, I have an old friends with, uh, with Dana Colley from the band Morphine um, from Boston. I don't know if you're familiar with that band, but they were, they're an amazing yeah. band from the nineties and uh, baritone sax, double a bass that was tuned to the E and played with the slide and drums that was it no guitar and they're just amazing amazing got nominated for a grammy and just a yeah, great I band i know the band it's on my husband's playlist and we had this argument it's like i don't like boston he was like yes you do like boston and he had to find their album covers and i go oh yeah i love them <laughs> right and then he put it on the playlist because i have to listen to it when he's driving yeah no, definitely, definitely. So, uh, so I reached out to him and he, the baritone sax player for Morphine, and he agreed to play on the record. So he's the one that does all the sax parts. And oh wow! So I, I kind of when we recorded live, I knew that I had wanted to do that. So I left room uh, for the sax. I knew that I wanted sax in the choruses, and then I wanted him to do his thing in an outro. But I. So I just kind of left room for it and then asked him and crossed my fingers hoping he would say yes. And he did, luckily. And then I sent him the track in Boston and he did his thing in a studio up there and then sent it back to me. And I just expected him really to do some baritone sax and, and really just kind of blow on the chorus. But he like he killed it. He gave like a hook to the chorus um, rather than just play the chords. And he, he plays off off of the chords and does a hook that's just really amazing and then the outro he did tenor sax he did baritone sax he did alto sax and he then he mixed it in this like it's like a sea of saxophones for the sea of doubt it's, it's yeah. amazing what yeah. he did and then he sent it back to me i remember getting it and playing it for the first time when he sent me back his parts and i was just like i teared up i was just so so happy i was like not many times you kind of do something and then it kind of comes fully realized at the end in the way that you heard it in your head almost never 
And uh, so that was one of those really special moments where I was like, man, we nailed this. That's great. beautiful. Nice. That's beautiful. I'm going to give you a surprise. I normally only do two tracks, but I love the track so much. Just I'm going to play it at the end of the show when it goes on the air. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Where the name, uh, you know, Ghost of Rome come from? Where, 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 what's the association there with the name? So that was like, uh, again, kind of a, that social commentary of like the fall of the Roman Empire. And, you know, they wanted to expand and they thought they were all powerful. And, you know, they fell like many empires do. So oh, interesting. kind of like our American empire. And uh, I think there's kind of a disintegration of our civil institutions, you know, between you know our legal system and our justice system yeah. and things like that so it's more of about a erosion of the american dream you know right. where we think yeah. we're in impenetrable that empire and uh you know it's yeah. happened before it'll happen again kind of thing yeah yeah you see that too i've uh one of one of uh, uh my university education is in studio art and we had to take a required roman history about mm -hmm. the fall of the Roman uh, Empire. And uh, I, I see so many parallels to what's happened today. What, what mm -hmm. happened back then in society is actually surreal. Absolutely. Yeah. No. yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much what that song is about. It's just about that, that hubris of like, okay. not really realizing you're going into the fire. <clears throat> Very cool. You did I an like incredible it. job with the album. You have anything else to add, Charlie? Before we no, I was just saying, you know, I I just really impressed, uh, just kind of where your roots are and what you're you're drawing from, you know, and and your analogies there. By the way, I think that's super cool, and it makes more sense now that I hear what you're saying because I've already listened to the songs, and now hearing you explain it makes way more uh, sense on when when I go now to re-listen to these things, which I'm going to do. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Ghost of Rome is kind of a companion piece to the uh, American Junkie song, which is just about people. The chorus of it is my needs got no ceiling and I got no time for any other feeling. And just basically, you know, about how selfish people can kind of be and how right now we're everybody's kind of concerned with themselves and our Instagrams and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we we could use yeah. a little more empathy and look into other people and maybe their needs and not just their own. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So where's the best place to hang out with the band? What social channel? Um, so I would say, you know, tracksuitband.com, our website, and we've got links there to all the socials, you know, everything. We've got Instagram, uh, tracksuit music, uh, Facebook's tracksuit music, but we've got a Bandcamp page, YouTube page, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that stuff. So um, kind of that central piece is Tracksuit Band. You can pick up some tracks directly. Uh, our former Shadow uh, Box is on there. Uh, current tracks that are out now, those first singles from Hidden Worlds, uh, Area 51 and Ghost Room are on there. And we've got some t-shirts for sale as well. And we'll be... Uh, as far as uh, also has dates and stuff, we were playing a Carver Music Festival coming up on uh, October 2nd. Uh, we're going to be live on air on 97.9, uh, 10.5 with Aaron Keck. And then uh, we're going to be booking our awesome. CD release show for uh, early November. Awesome. Whoa. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for coming on the show. 
Great. Yeah. Talk. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Have a great night.
And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning into the show. Sponsored by The Buzzer Media. Thank you to the artists who share their music. Our shows wouldn't happen without their music. Subscribe at thebuzzerpod.com. Fans and artists can submit their request to Shay at thebuzzroll.com. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.